Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America, and welcome to the Friday edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Now, here, here's the deal. Ready for this? We're going to talk today about energy, about gas and oil and solar and nuclear, all the things that are going on, because the Biden administration is in a major uh, policy push to change the energy infrastructure of America. They've been clear about it. They've had their Green New Deal. You know about it. But there has been a series of steps over the last eight, nine months, and we've all been busy. We've got the pandemic. We're worried about election integrity. We're worried about Russia collusion. We're worried about. But there have been some fundamental changes that have very quickly, like overnight, changed the United States from being completely energy independent, meaning we had enough energy, we were exporting it, to now becoming energy dependent again. That's a big deal. It has significant consequences to you and me and to the security of the country. And so we want to dig and dive deep on this issue today because it actually is not some gobbledygook idea in Washington that uh, folks that are pinheads uh, deal with or policy uh, nerds. This is something that actually affects your wallet. When you go to the pump, when you heat your home this winter, this will have an impact on you. And I think that that is why it's so important to drill in deep to understand what it is that happens in Washington that actually comes to your dinner table. And and I'll give you one example. If you were to go out and buy some carpet now, you might, I want to put new carpet in my living room, or I've been dying to get a foam mattress, uh, one of those new sleep mattresses for my uh bed or my my futon, whatever you're looking for, uh, good luck. You know why? A lot of those products are made with petroleum and the demand on petroleum is getting smaller and or, or tighter and tighter. The, the, um, the supply to the demand is getting tighter and tighter and that is creating shortages and concerns. That means two things. Wait, one, you might have to wait several weeks or several months to get a product you used to be able to buy off the rack. And then two, it's probably going to cost you a lot more because as um, products get more scarce, uh, as the supply chain tightens, the prices go up. Demand drives price. That's old-fashioned economics. We all learned it when we were in school many, many moons ago. So we're going to try to make this tangible and understandable and fun, but also serious. And we're going to do that with a guy named Tim Stewart. Who is he? He's the president of the U.S. Oil and Gas Association. He represents a lot of those mid and small size 
uh, gas and oil producers who make the energy economy of America uh, run. And we're going to take you from where we were when Donald Trump handed the keys over to where we are today, what happens as the Trump, as the Biden administration tries to implement his policy. Now, in fairness to Joe Biden, he's been honest about what he wanted to do, right? He's doing what he told the American people he would do when he ran for president. The question is, what impact does that really have? It sounded good maybe in a campaign commercial last October, but this October, with supply chain shortages, worker shortages, inflation at uh, real high, an open border, um, uh, the uh, pipeline from Canada shut down, a pipeline from Vladimir Putin approved that Trump had blocked. Um, what does that mean now? Forget the good sounding ad. What does it actually mean factually for you, me, and every other American? That's why we're bringing Tim Stewart on the show. We hope you enjoy it. I think we're going to learn a lot from him. We're going to go take a quick commercial break. When we come back, our conversation with Tim Stewart, the president of the U.S. Oil and Gas Association. We'll be right back. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook a, a vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down, and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick. House Nutrition, and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out. Higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it, with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friend, who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group. Text Just News to 989898 right now. 
All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest. All of us are talking about the economy right now. If you go to the gas pumps, if you go to the food store, if you go Christmas shopping early, you're seeing the effects of Bidenomics across every aspect of our economy, our culture. And energy, of course, has been one of our driving forces. During the Trump administration, when we when America obtained energy independence uh, for the first time in decades. Uh, the energy was such an important driver of the economy. When we came back from the recessions in 08, the energy was the driving force that drove our economy back to life. And right now, that energy sector is under extraordinary pressure and threat from our own president and his own policies, Joe Biden. So joining me right now to make sense of all this is Tim Stewart, a lifelong expert on legislation, regulatory, and environmental and energy issues, and the current president of the U.S. Oil and Gas Association. Tim, great to have you aboard. Hey, thanks. I appreciate you having me. I'll do my best to make sense, but uh, I can't make any promises. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're going to make a lot of sense. So yeah, we are in the midst of this debate right now uh, on the $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill. And uh, while a lot of people call it a spending bill, what it really is is a fundamental change of the American economy, of the American system. Tell us why it is so troubling. The elements that are in this bill is so troubling to uh, oil and gas producers and others in the energy sector. Well, that's a great question. Uh, and let me preface it, if I could, for just a little bit. Um, you know, if you read the headlines over the past few days, not weeks, but just the past few days, what you read is you read things like Russia's tightening energy market grip and there's an energy crisis that hobbles uh, Europe. Coal is back. The White House is asking oil companies to lower prices, et cetera. And the reality is, is, is even without this reconciliation bill yet to pass, we are in the middle of what we have to call the Biden energy crisis. This is a crisis that is, John, is, is separate from the reconciliation bill. The reconciliation bill will happen. It will, it will exacerbate what's, a, what's going on right now. Right. The fact is, this, this one sits directly on him. If you let me for just run for a second. Please, here. yeah, let's if walk us through, because it really started yeah. the day he got in office and started signing executive orders, right? Exactly right. So the very first day, he canceled the Keystone Pipeline. Uh, and a week later, then they issued their moratorium on new leasing on federal lands, both onshore and offshore. And the result is you see drilling perm permits that are down 75% from where they were a year ago. Wow. On top, of that, on top of that, they're aggressively pursuing methane regulations. The result is we've seen a 50% increase in natural gas prices. And if you're like me, I'm paying a dollar more than I was back in January for gas. But here's, you know, some interesting nuances. In January, we were importing 200,000 barrels a day from Russia. And in July, we were importing 7 million barrels, sorry, 200,000 barrels a month. And in July, we're, we're importing 7 million barrels in July. That's just the start. We have essentially flipped our production back to our adversaries. Yeah. It's been really, really We're now a net importer, aren't we? Yeah, we are. We are. When we dropped from 13 million barrels to 11 million barrels. And the result of that largely is the fact that uh, um, we have just deleveraged ourselves from from the Middle East. You know, for decades, yep. we relied on, on imports and we were able to, to decouple ourselves. And we became sort of the swing, the swing uh, uh entity which allowed us to free ourselves from uh from the whims of the saudis and anybody else so it's it's really quite troubling where we're at right now and that's kind of a long lead into the question about the reconciliation bill so i'll uh, i'll kick it back to you 
Yeah, well, that we know. Like from the moment he got him, right, he stops the Trans-Canada pipeline. Then a few months later, he's giving the okay for the pipeline that Russia will use to in- increase its geopolitical strength over Eastern Europe. So the tipping of the balance becomes really obvious just in these individual actions that are timed very close together. But the next phase of this is really, when you dig into this, about 70%, 75 80% of the new Green Deal concepts are in this reconciliation bill. They're calling it something else, but... It really is predominantly, at least the energy policy part, is is the new Green Deal. If it gets through in some form, forget the price tag, $1.9 trillion, mm-hmm. $3.5 trillion, the regulatory uh, regime is going to stay the same, at least as we see it now. Uh, what happens to energy independence and American national security uh, if that law gets into effect? Well, it's uh, it's really interesting on the national security piece. You know, you saw this a couple of days ago where where the Biden administration went back to OPEC plus that plus right. Russia, yep, uh, and said, "Hey, can you guys you know watch your prices a little bit careful?" And they basically said, "Thank you for sharing your views. We'll certainly keep them in mind." <laughs> you know, and and so they they pivot then to bring in. Uh, you saw last week where the news reported the White House is meeting with the oil and gas industry. Yep. I don't like, know quite who was in that meeting and said, basically, can you do something to lower prices? This is one of those situations. I mean, it, it's like it's bad analogy, I guess, but it's, it's kind of like uh, your sister's old boyfriend, you know, the greasy guy who drove the Camaro and, and would hit on all of her friends and then treat your sister like crap. And they'd argue and he'd grab her wrist and then they'd fight more. And he'd say, come on, baby, come on. I won't, don't, I won't do that again. Come back to me. Come back to me. It's kind of like where that's where industry is right now. It's like, hey, wait a minute. You put us in this situation and now you're trying to put the blame on us and it, it's it is a it's a challenge for us because the reality is i think everybody's listening is the oil and gas industry is not a we're not the we're price takers we're like farmers and we have to take the prices as the market dictates and so you know so many of, of the guys who are members of the u.s oil and gas association are small producers who um do you know they they rely on the capital markets to, to fund their capital expenditure budgets? Um, they rely on if they have if they operate on federal lands, they rely heavily upon the efficiency of the regulatory process to move permits along. And when all of a sudden you have an administration that puts the squeeze on the permit process and dries up the pipeline for new leases, at the same time goes to Wall Street and says. By the way, we need you to pay far more attention to the climate-related provisions in your investments to make sure that your, your investments aren't at risk for climate. And essentially what they're doing is they're trying to defund the industry, defund the capitalization, the capital, the flow of capital to the industry, and then sit back and say, hmm, I wonder why prices are going up. I, I, this, is, this is interesting to me. So industry, we need you to do something about these prices. My guys are throwing their hands up and saying, we're doing the best we can. Yeah. To the reconciliation process, you know, we've all watched that. I mean, that's, that's been fascinating to watch. Uh, and the first thing I would have to say is, like, I, I got we have to do a we have to really recognize the fact that um, while while the oil and gas while energy has been for decades was a was a uh, sort of a geographic. Uh, a geographic issue, right? Where it was regardless if you were a Republican or Democrat, if you were in Texas or if you were in Oklahoma or Louisiana or Pennsylvania, if you had oil and gas production, you were in favor of that. That's changed, and we now have a very, very small 
number of, of Democrats who are in oil and gas producing districts or states. And to the credit, I, got to, I do have to give shout out to the six or seven moderate Democrats who have stood up over the last several months and said, this is not a good idea. You can't be punitive against this industry. Right. So like members like Henry Cuellar and, and, and his group have been really, really good. I think the industry really, really owes them a debt of appreciation for being the last sort of the, the backstop against really bad ideas. Hopefully they'll be able to hold out. But, you know, to your point on reconciliation, um, and stop me if I'm going too long, but the, the reality is, is, is what they can't get through this bill they will back channel through in additional regulations and they see the real, the soft underbelly of all of this is frankly the putting, putting the pressure on wall street to essentially defund the industry and make it so difficult for the smaller producers to raise capital to that, that they, that they have to essentially either aggregate with each other or go out of business. Wow. And that's, that's what's really concerning to me right now. Is the goal, a lot of people ask me this question and I don't, know the answer. I mean, I, I have some per, you know, perceptions of it, but is the goal to do to oil and natural gas what the Democrats did when Obama was in office to the coal industry? Is it really designed long-term to make it viable so they can reach this utopian post-fossil fuel uh, economy? It is the exact same playbook. It really is. And, uh, you know, it's the, it's this, this similar to, you know, we've been talking about it for a couple of years now, but it's there will come a point when when they were they were trying to do the same thing what they did with the tobacco industry many years ago, which is is keep putting the squeeze and putting the squeeze and eventually making them liable for a whole host of uh, of uh, public health issues. Now, that may that's not a good analogy, but but the playbook is the same, which is it, it will not surprise if if left unfettered, they will run the table and eventually put uh, oil and gas industry and their investors and their shareholders in a liability situation where they're responsible for all sorts of climate, uh, climate related lawsuits. Wow. It's, really, it's really concerning to us. So similar to the, similar to the cold playbook, it was effective. Clearly. Uh, the interesting thing is, is um, you look at the price of coal now and you look where Germany is racing to and China racing to, to secure coal supplies. Yeah. The reality is, is that coal still is a base load yep. and we obviously still need it. Yeah, oh, and look, China's just brought, what, 500 to 1,000 new coal plants online. It ain't going away. Yeah. We may take ourselves yeah. off it, but the rest of the world's using it, which means that the net effect on uh, carbon emissions is zero, right? We're not having any effect on carbon right. emissions because the other world is, the rest of the world is using it. Right. So it really is pretty remarkable. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, back to reconciliation, you know, there are provisions coming out of the House uh, which restricted natural gas from participating in the clean energy purchase plan, the SEP, you know, yeah. and made that disqualified that natural gas is clearly it's a bridge fuel has been for decades. It gets the, the other side to where they want to be, which is lower emissions. Right. Um, and yet you, you're essentially putting a, a huge size of the energy portfolio off limits to reach your climate goals. It's, wow. it's kind of baffling to us. It is. So let's talk about what, the energy market may look like this winter, next spring, because these regulatory regime uh, uh, changes are already having impact. Uh, it's going to cost more to heat your home this winter, right? Absolutely. It's going to cost more to heat. It's going to cost more to drive. But that's just sort of the, the first line That's the right. tangibles, you know, the first line tangibles. 
What I'd suggest is, is uh, where you see the real impact on this is go try and buy a couch. Yep. Okay. I just recently went through this. My wife found a couch that she really wanted and she went to order it and they said, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be about four to five months out. Yeah. You don't have it in stock. Well, what's the deal? And they said, we can't get foam for the cushions. That's it. We wanted to, listen, we want to get foam to put in one of our new radio studios. There's a nine month wait to get the little foam you put yeah. on the walls to deaden sound. It's unbelievable. Those are all petroleum based products, right? Exactly. 6,000 different products use petroleum based ingredients and or chemicals, what have you. Everything from toothbrushes to batteries, everything. And so when you've got this massive global competition for what is a, an artificially constrained energy source, natural gas or petroleum products, the foam manufacturers are competing against, the battery manufacturers are competing against the utilities and that's right. what's happening right now. And administration is scratching its head saying, I wonder what's going on. Wow. And it's, again, it's a, it's a situation uh, that is, you know, there, there's clearly there's, there's global supply constraints, but this yep. is a situation which could easily be remedied in relatively short order by just letting us do our job. And that's what so many of my guys want to do. It's like, just look, I can do my job. I can do it responsibly and environmentally. Just let me do it. Yeah, that's such an important part of this uh, conversation. When, um, so supply chain is going to be exacerbated. Prices are going to go up. Now, when we talk about folks, you know, Joe Biden ran on the I'm the average guy. I'm, I'm uh, you know, uh, Joe blue collar guy. I'm for the working class American. These changes, these changes in gas prices, these changes in basic supplies that we need. These have a disproportionate effect on the middle and lower classes of America, right? Exactly. Exactly. I guess, you know, this is what you get. I mean, it's maybe an oversimplification, but this is what happens when people who get picked up every morning by a driver are making energy policy decisions. And it would be really interesting to see one last time a lot of these, uh, a lot of these administration officials actually put gasoline in their own cars, right? yeah. being picked up by being picked up by an Uber driver, and or the black car services provided yep. for them. They don't feel this. Meanwhile. Pain. Yeah, and meanwhile, my brothers who are running a, a ranch out in southeast Idaho are wondering what's going to happen, if they're going to be able to get fertilizer for next year, if they're going to be able to, to uh, what the what the margin is going to be on, yep. on the cattle prices and everything else because it's this massive pressure that's put on. Boy, you know? this is serious stuff, Tim, and it's why we want to bring you on because all of these things are interconnected. Sometimes people think you're just a linear line. All right, so maybe gas is a little more expensive, but we're now looking at your your couch and your sofa, uh, plastics that you might use uh, on your kitchen table. All of those things are going to be constrained by the crisis. And this is not uh, this is a self inflicted crisis, and this is not something that we had no choice about. This, these were cho intentional choices that have put us here. Is that right? Exactly. It's it's self inflicted, and the reality is the remedy is right in front of us, and we refuse to exercise it for whatever reason. The administration, I think, is moving towards policies that will put tens of millions of people on the edge of energy poverty. You know, if you think about it, and that, that goes from everybody, it's, it's the blue collar, it's the middle class, but, but there are so many people who, uh, coming out of COVID, still are on the edge there. They're, yeah. You know, a couple hundred dollars a month makes a difference. Yep. And yet, Yet, as inflation and energy prices go forward, it pushes them below the poverty level of the 
Here's a good example. Okay. I'm sorry. I, you got me going. You put a quarter in me. But, uh, <laughs> uh, Best jukebox we've had in a long time. <laughs> energy, energy poverty. So here's an example. The, the Navajo Nation out in New Mexico, there are a number, there are tens of thousands of, of members of the Navajo Nation who don't live on the reservation, right. but for generations have lived off the reservation, had private property, and as part of that, have been recipients of, of oil and gas royalty checks because their grandfather was given 160 acres and, and then the energy companies came in you know, a couple of decades later and they right, drilled right. and they've been receiving, receiving royalty checks. In some cases, they're not big. In some cases, there could be you know, $10,000 a year, but that's somewhere between a third and half of their household income. And the administration policies just for the tribal members down there in New Mexico are being told, well, no, you're, you're part of this energy transition, and so I'm sorry, but we, we can't let any more, um, any more energy develop, development go forward here. You're basically keeping these members of these native Alati, Navajo Latis in, in poverty because you won't let them manage their own resources that they've owned for generations. It's really, really troubling. And then, you know, again, you think about the small business owner, you think about the Uber driver, you think about anybody who depends upon a you know, reasonable cost for energy, they are getting squeezed. Yeah, it is crazy. And that, that word, energy poverty, folks, remember that word, because I think that is where we're going. We saw some energy poverty in California a couple of years ago when people couldn't get enough energy and there were brownouts during a crisis. Uh, both the cost of energy and maybe in some cases the availability of energy is going to be constrained. I think we're going to be using that word energy poverty a lot more. Tim, I want to thank you so much. This is exactly what we need. We need to get the basic facts out to folks so they can make up their own mind about what's going on. And I'd like to make you a regular guest on the show, get you to come in every couple months and help us understand uh, the, the extraordinary uh, change that Joe Biden and his team is trying to inflict upon the energy sector. Hey, I'm happy to do that. I really appreciate appreciate you having me. It's been been fun, and you know, any complaints that you, you might get, just send them my way. Well, they'll be duly <laughs> noted and promptly ignored. Okay? I think the only <laughs> only complaint that people might have is they got some agenda because they're now they now have the truth about where this country's headed on on energy, and uh, that is such an important thing. We got to get people the facts so they can make up their mind. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. And thanks for letting me uh, let me uh, uh, talk was, for a few minutes. It was an honor. I learned a lot, and uh, I think all of our listeners did too, Tim. Thanks again. We'll have you on hey, soon. thanks a lot. All right, okay, sir. Take care now. All right, folks, okay, we're going to take bye. a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up for the day with a few ideas on headlines. Hey, folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews and extend the invitation to a friend 
or a family member for free. What a great opportunity. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, that wraps it up for the day. Actually, wraps it up for the week. We're going to head into the weekend. Let's glide into the weekend. Enjoy some crisp fall weather, some cool weather, and think about uh, the America we're in right now. What does it look like? Are we happy with energy dependence or independence? Are we happy with prices, supply, uh, supply chain? Those are some big thoughts. I know I'll be thinking about them this weekend, and I know Tim hopefully uh, planted some important facts in your brain to help you process this moment uh, where we are dealing with an unprecedented inflationary spiral with with supply chain shortages um, and now rising energy costs. So you know it, when you go to the gas pump or when you fill up your oil tank or your natural gas bill comes in, you know it's getting more expensive. All right, uh, keep that in mind. Have a great weekend. We'll be back Monday with a new edition of John Solomon Reports. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out. Higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it, with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friend, who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group. Text Just News to 989898 98 98 right now.